It is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Happy to have you guys back for another day. Good show, as always. Ariel Powers from the Minnesota Lynx will join me here in just a little while to talk about the upcoming Lynx season. They have their first preseason game Friday. Regular season opens in a couple weeks. Powers entering her third season with the Lynx. One of the, one of the few veterans on this year's team. A lot of newcomers, a lot of young players expected to play larger roles, especially than in years past for the Lynx and Ariel Powers, one of those players. So talked about the season ahead, talked about some of her you know, Detroit roots, some of kind of her evolution as a player now entering her eighth season in the league. So I hope you enjoy that conversation. And I got some perspectives from <clears throat> Lynx head coach and president of basketball operations, Cheryl Reeve on powers and the season ahead as well. We will also get to some twins thoughts at the end of the show, opening their series against the White Sox. First, though, what did I miss? I want to go uh, spend a little extended time here talking about the Wild. I know I've done that a little bit lately, but you know what? This is this is their time uh, to kind of wrap everything up. Season ended just a few days ago, and then we had the uh, season-ending news conference for Bill Guerin and for Dean Evason on on Tuesday. And I was not there for that. I uh, uh, the aforementioned uh, Aero Powers interview was happening roughly the same time, so I could not make it over there. But I listened back to it, and I thought Guerin as always, was interesting. He's one of the more candid um, decision makers we have around, and I think he does a very good job overall. Still, my my default going into listening to him talk was, I mean, maybe kind of a defensive posture or, a, you know, kind of hands on hips. It's kind of like, what's going on here? Um, ready to shake my head a lot. And, and to his credit, I ended up nodding a little bit more and agreeing a little bit more with his kind of perspectives on the big picture than I thought I would. Um, and just listening back on it, I want to piece a few of the the selections, a few of the clips together, because I think it p- paints a pretty cohesive narrative of kind of what he was trying to say about the season, their goals, you know, losing in game six, the disappointment in that versus what they're ultimately trying to build here. So let's listen to Garen for a few minutes and some of his thoughts on the big picture and how this season played out. There's been this narrative out there right now that that oh the wild can't get past the first round they can't get past the first round that and I I can understand the frustration but there are a small handful of players who have been here for a lot of that and most of them are new that that's not in my mind that's not the narrative of this team um we have a lot of new players. We have a lot of young players that are just getting going. Um, and they weren't part of that. Uh, <laughs> we're going to write our own narrative, but that's not the narrative for this team. And I understand it is frustrating, but I, I, I refuse to hold our players that, have, that are new here responsible for what's happened in the past. So, that being said, um, we're going to move forward and, and keep trying to get better and, you know, continue to try to build a team that, that can compete for a championship. And I think, we're, I think we're doing a lot of good things on and off the ice. And, uh, and you know, one day we'll get there. Craig, Craig and I have talked about this at length and uh, even, even while I was interviewing for this job and 
quite frankly, neither of us had time for, or the stomach for a, a rebuild. And we felt we were good enough to, to kind of do it on the fly. And I, I think we're doing a good job of that. I think, you know, we've, we've kept all our picks and things like that. We've got some really good young players in the system that are going to, they'll be here soon. Um, and I think they'll, I think they'll help. I think, uh, you know, but it, it, Honestly, I wish I could kind of speed things up and, you know, get some of these kids here now. But um, no, I, I don't. I don't want to miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's not. That's not my goal. And I know it's not Dino's goal. Uh, and it's definitely not the players' goal. That, you know, I, I. I always say, general managers and ownership. They they are the ones that want to rebuild. Coaches and players, they don't care about that stuff. They just want to. They just want to win. They just want to coach, and they want to play, and they want to win every night. It's hard because it is disappointing that we haven't gotten past the first round. But that's not that's not the that's not the goal. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be great. It'd be awesome to get to the second round. It would. But that's not what we're building towards here. We're not. I think that's that's your narrative. That's what you guys write about. We're trying to build something bigger than that. And sometimes there's pain involved. You know, I think if you see a lot of the championship teams, uh, they've gone through some pain. Look, look at Tampa Bay. They didn't make the playoffs every year. They went to the conference finals, and they didn't make the playoffs. Like, there are ups and downs. It is a struggle. It is hard. It is hard to – but you know what? We've made the playoffs – Three years in a row now. With and two of those years are with massive cap hits, dead dead space. So when you talk about getting over the hump or like, I don't know. I think our teams played pretty well. And it, you know, hey, look, we play good teams in the playoffs too. They're trying to win too. Now, as I listened to that and was nodding my head more than I thought I would. I was struck by the idea of why do I feel differently or at least somewhat differently right now about the Wild than I do the Timberwolves. When the Timberwolves had their season-ending news conference a few days ago and Tim Connolly was up there saying we want to keep this together, we think, we think we've got a good starting five to build around, even though if that's objectively true, I felt different about that than I do about what Bill Guerin was saying just a few days later. Even though these teams are very similar in a lot of ways, right? Both of them struggling to get over a certain hump, but both of them being in the postseason, the Wild, you know, the last three years, the Wolves, the last two years in the playoffs, at least for both of those teams. Um, both of them definitely have a young star to build around with Kirill Kaprizov in the Wild, Anthony Edwards with the Wolves. I'd say the Wolves maybe even have just as much proven talent right now. So why do I feel differently? What what makes me look at one thing differently than the other? And I think maybe this is some of what Jim Suhan was getting at in his column the other day about the Timberwolves and Towns versus Kaprizov, Wolves versus Wild, which I thought was interesting and thought-provoking as well. Maybe what has me thinking differently about these two teams is less about the present and more about the future. I feel like the Wild's capacity to get better in the next three to five years is much greater than the Wolves' capacity. And I say that knowing that Anthony Edwards still has another level or two, maybe more than that, to go, that Jaden McDaniels can still get better from what he is. But just looking at the way the Wolves are constructed, looking at everything they gave up in the Rudy Gobert trade, looking at everything that kind of falls salary cap-wise for them you know, after next season, 
it's hard for me to see how they get immeasurably better. I can see them getting better than what they are right now, but I don't know if I can see the path, at least from right here, at least at least unless they do something like a trade, like a big blockbuster trade to get themselves kind of out of this roster, this roster construction. Unless they do that, it's hard for me to see them staying the course and becoming the team they want to be, becoming the franchise they want to be. The Wild, I feel differently because if you look at the farm system, you look at the prospects, Two different, you know, two different independent outlets. So two different uh, outlets independent of each other, I should say. The Athletic and another site, uh, HockeyWriters.com. Both in the last, you know, four or five months, labeling the Wild as having the best prospect pool in the entire NHL. ESPN saying, you know, earlier this year, right before the season started, that they're kind of top five in terms of not just prospect, but kind of mix of prospects, current roster, everything about the franchise. So they've got room to grow here. They're going to be cap constrained for another couple years here. The buyouts from Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter are still going to hit the cap, but they've navigated that pretty well so far and seem like they are in position to navigate it relatively well even as these buyouts hit the cap pretty hard for the next two years. So I see their ceiling, maybe not the immediate ceiling, but I see their three- to five-year window being more open right now than the Wolves' window. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe this is a perception versus reality thing. But to me, it's going to be hard for the Wolves to get immeasurably better because they lack that draft capital, right? They gave up this year's first-round pick, 2025, 2027, and 2029, to get Rudy Gobert. And not only does that cost you a lot of that draft capital, it means you can't make another trade like that to get another high caliber player because you not you cannot trade draft picks in consecutive years. The Wolves, unless they make some sort of other trade to get more draft capital, they can't trade a first round pick until 2030, 2031, something, something in the next decade. Think about that. So as they're trying to get better, not only are they not adding young players, they're not able to trade their draft picks to get better players because they kind of push the chips in with the Gobert trade. Now, I think they still have room to get better with Gobert. I think that I think this season maybe wasn't the best uh, the best indicator of what their ceiling is. That said, I feel like the Wild with that prospect pool, even if I was ready to to kind of uh, kind of like groan when I heard Garen say wait till next year we're on the right path. I believe it more when he says it than when Tim Connolly says it. Um, so that, that to me, was the difference in the messaging going forward from these teams. And I want to leave you with one more final thought from Garen. Here are some interesting thoughts on what Joel Erickson Eck and some of the other guys um, in this series meant to them. It's, it's hard, but we have to get better in certain situations. You know, and, you know we, we did. We took too many penalties. Um, and when we did, we, we struggled on the kill. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't have our, our top guys scoring, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. We, we lost, we lost an incredibly valuable player in Erickson Eck, uh, you know, when, when God, when he took that shot in Pittsburgh, he could, I mean, and and where, where we sit up watching the, the games, it was like a deflated feeling because you knew it was bad and and he's just so important to us and um yeah that, that was that was a that was a really big loss i think i think the injury to Kirill, um i don't think the injury was a, an issue but you know i i think him being out for a month you don't just jump right back in and just it doesn't matter who you are you, 
takes you a little while to get going. And I think to, for him to get like uh, to really get back into that rhythm, back into the, the you know the game shaped stuff, it just it, it has an effect on you. So I, I you know, those are those are tough things, you know. And listen, in sports, all the time, it's a fine line between explanations and excuses, right? I think the Wolves in their playoff series certainly had explanations for why things didn't ultimately go their way. Missing Naz Reed, missing Jaden McDaniels, missing Kyle Anderson in Game 5, still competitive in the last four games against a good Nuggets team. Joel Erickson X, certainly a guy that the Wild really missed in that uh, in that series, only able to play 19 seconds, as we found out later. Play, tried to play with a broken leg. Imagine trying to play hockey with a broken leg. I don't know how that's even possible after just a few weeks of breaking it, but that's what he tried to do. That's how much they missed him. That's how much they wanted him on the ice, wanted what he brought. So think about that in terms of his relative value next year. They did fine in the regular season without Kirill Kaprizov. They could make up for Kaprizov. They could not make up, at least in the playoffs, for someone like Joel Eriksson-Eck, especially on special teams, especially trying to shut down the other team's top line five-on-five. So his value takes a huge boost by his absence in the playoffs, and that's something else to think about in the future. But down the road, you look at all the prospects the Wild have, you look at at the possibilities they have in the farm system. Some of the guys here already, you know, guys like Brock Faber making their debuts in the postseason, but still plenty in the pipeline, and that to me gives them the edge long-term over the Timberwolves. It makes me think of Bill Guerin as the more trustworthy voice in this kind of stay-the-course message than Tim Connolly was. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Let's talk some links on today's Daily Delivery. Had a chance to get over to Lynx practice on Tuesday afternoon. Caught up with Ariel Powers, you know, eighth-year veteran now, one of the higher-priced players on the team. Had a good season a year ago, averaged a little over 14 points a game. Should benefit this season from um, a kind of a different style of offense the Lynx will be playing now that they, you know, now that the, the great Sylvia Fowles has retired. They'll play, play more of a five-out offense, a lot of motion, a lot of interchangeable parts. She should benefit from that. She should benefit from kind of a third year in the system, but they will be leaning on her heavily. This is her last year under contract with the Lynx. A lot of players in their last year of contract with the Lynx, so there could be some turnover heading into next season. But for this year right now, um, Powers figures to be a very important player. And uh, here is my conversation with her. It's kind of a clean slate, fresh start. What are your goals, expectations as they pertain to yourself or the team right now? Um, for the team, um, you know, I feel like the last couple of seasons we haven't started off the way we wanted to. So starting off this year um, better. Coach talked today about, you know, we were averaging like 16 turnovers, which is horrible. We want to get that down. Down, better transition defense and I, I don't know if you watch you know a lot of our practice but we look a lot more athletic than we we have been so just decided to start and um, really kick off and see where we're at we have a scrimmage coming up in like 
two, three Friday? days yeah, or Friday, something like yeah. that. So oh, really oh, Thursday and then Friday, yeah, the yep. preseason game, yeah. So really get the test and see where we line up and what we need to work on. Cheryl said you guys are playing more of a five-out offense this year, and that could suit a lot of what you like to do. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I love a five-out offense because it allows everybody to have more room. And now we have a lot of girls that like are super athletic. They can move out the paint, hit the three. We can drive and kick a little bit more um, because the paint will be clear. So uh, a little bit more of a fast-paced offense than um, than we have been. Okay, no, that sounds that sounds good. As you kind of been practicing so far, like what do you what do you see from you know other teammates, younger teammates? Um, it's just kind of like who you've got in the building right now because it's a it's a fair amount of turnover from what you, what's been in the past. Yeah, I love it. Um, the girls have been extremely eager, especially okay. the, the young ones, yeah. but in a good way. Yeah, like eager to learn, <laughs> eager to participate, eager to bring energy. Yeah, and um, that carries over, you know, to the court. And it's been it's been really really fun. And also, I'm more in like a vet role now. You know, the, you know the younger kids ask me questions, and now that I feel like I know you know the system and, co- and what yeah. coach wants and what she needs um, I'm able to give them the correct answer so I really feel like um, we're gelling a little bit more than yeah. I thought the chemistry yeah. is really good that's good it's really good yeah you were top five pick what like 2016 right does it feel like whatever it, year was like don't it, age me does it feel like I'm, <laughs> hey listen I'm way older than you it's okay does it feel like it's, does it feel like that flies by and then when you just say right now like you're one of the veterans. Does it feel weird to say that? Yeah. yeah. It feels weird. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not old. Oh, we, we, feel age, old. We, we age athletes. Like, we talk about athletes, like, in I their know, mid-30s, like, they're old. It's like, I that's know. not old in the context of life. I know, I know, I know. I know. But. <clears throat> it does feel weird, but it feels great. Um, I also feel ready to be in that position. Okay. Um, I come to camp healthy. Um. I'm sharpening up, you know, a lot of things that I think I need to work on in the offseason, handling the ball, shooting the three better. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to be in this, this position, yeah. If veteran now Ariel Powers could go back and talk to rookie Ariel Powers seven years ago, what would you tell yourself? What would you want, what would you want the younger version of yourself to know? Um, enjoy the process, you know, the good, the bad, and um, – I feel like I was so eager when I was a rookie that I just go, go, go. I didn't know how to sometimes relax on the court. Okay. Relax, let the stuff, let everything come to me. Um, because I was just so eager to prove myself. Yeah. Um, just relax, let everything come to me and, and play within the offense and stuff. So, yeah. Is that some of the stuff you want to impart on, like, a rookie like Diamond Miller, play people like that? Yeah, I was, I was telling them, the rookies were asking me, like, what's the top three things I need to make sure I do in training camp? And I was like, one – do not let, like, don't let someone go before you and then you mess up the same thing they messed up. So not the same mistakes. Learn from the mistakes. Learn yeah. from the mistakes. Two, you've been playing basketball for a while, so don't get so um, nervous that, you know, you're not playing yourself. Okay. And three, uh, so basically relax. Relax okay. out there. Yeah. And, and, and three, um, do what you're, you're, you're main, mm-hmm. what you're main, what you're known for. What are you good at? Is it really good defense yeah. is it taking to the racks the threes um just be efficient in what you're known for and then also just give it to your teammates so it's hard to do that when you're young like hard to kind of relax do that yes. even you yeah yes. just it you're, was try- extremely you're trying to make such an impression or if you're a high pick like you were like. you're trying to make a good impression and you want to make sure you know you're doing everything right and sometimes you know mistakes are like will get you down just because you're eager and you're young which yeah. is fine but also finding that balance of relaxing and um just playing your game 
that was that was a struggle for me like when I was younger just like relaxing and playing my game so now I'm here yeah. <laughs> I asked Cheryl the same question a few minutes ago but like you know if you look at external expectations like yeah. power ranking stuff like that I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what you guys look at how much you care about that but yeah. if, if someone says ah the links you know maybe maybe not a playoff team this year yeah. whatever the ex- do you use that can you use that as motivation or how do you pay attention to external factors like I actually that? never really pay attention to them because where I'm from cares what they got to say okay um but if i happen to see it or someone says it, it it's always fuel for me it's okay. always motivation you know i got that mama mentality you know you get you, you shake mama the tree mentality. you shake the tree you know it's gonna come out so, <laughs> what does that mean you know like mama snake you shake oh, okay, the tree okay, okay. you know it's okay, gonna come out okay, okay so if i don't you know if i don't hear it i really don't pay no attention to it but i think this year we're gonna surprise some people with how athletic we are okay. and how how coach is like getting this team together it's going to be different than i feel like the last two seasons for okay. sure okay what's your relationship with like with cheryl you've had a lot of coaches over the years i'm yeah. sure yeah me and, um, me and coach's relationship is good um just making sure i learn from she's one of the best coaches yeah. making sure i learn from her listen to her whatever she needs you know yeah. i'm here you yeah. know if she needs me to be the defensive stopper this year i will be okay. if she needs me to get a bucket you know i will be so whatever whatever the team needs me to be i just want to i want to make the playoffs and make a really really good run that's 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 the goal you won a championship with Washington, what, 2019? Yeah. I mean, when you do that, you know, in a the third, fourth year in your league, like, has that changed your outlook on, like, man, I want to win another one? I, that, yes. It, obviously, like, a, champ- champ- one, a championship yeah. is always the goal, but, like, when you win one, does that make you hungrier to win another one? I, I, I for me, it does. I, I fiend for another one. Like, I remember, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day about what it felt like that day, yeah. that night. When you, you know, won it all? When we won it all. Yeah, like, what did it feel like? Amazing! It felt like you know we had worked so hard for it. Um, we didn't go to sleep for a week. I'm trying not to go to sleep again for a week. I'm trying <laughs> to celebrate and have fun, and you know, um, it takes more than just saying it, right? Yeah. It's bringing it every day, being consistent, being there for your teammates, being there, um, being accountable, listening to your coaches. So it takes all of that. So okay, a couple more things for you, and then I'll let okay. you go. Um, one, I mean, I know you're from Detroit, right? Originally, yeah. how much does that how much do your roots play into who you are now and kind of I your mean, personality it, it plays still? In, it plays into who I am. You know, you listen to Big Shine, you listen to T. Grizzly. Like, I talk to them. Like, okay. those are my guys. Like, you know, you listen to their music, you know what, what we're about. Yeah. You know what I mean? We bring we bring that certain edge no matter what we're doing, and I feel like I bring that on the court, that energy, that edge. It's just within me because where I'm from. Yeah. Okay, last thing I like to ask people this. What's one thing about you that people may not know or that would surprise them in kind of a fun way? I feel way? like I told everybody everything. I like to fish and I like video games. I'm very lame. St- you stream, right? Yeah. You still do that? Yeah, I just have to set it up here when I get, when I get a chance. You, what do you play? Uh, Call of Duty 2K, Apex Legends. Okay. Yep. You take people out? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> all right, Ariel, appreciate it. Take all right, care, appreciate all right? You. All right, thanks. Postscript to that, like I mentioned during the conversation with her, I had already talked to Cheryl Reeve, the head coach and president of basketball operations. I asked her about Ariel Powers and kind of what her role would be this season. Here was Cheryl Reeve on that. I think sort of uh, recognizing her spots. We're playing a five-out offense, which suits her. Uh, And that's what I told her. I said, you're going to like this. This is not, you know, uh, where we've got people in the paint. She likes to get to the basket. I want her to be able to have more consistency in shooting the ball. Uh, I want her, uh, you know, defensively to just keep growing uh, in our schemes and what we ask her to do. And and that's what you're asking for of, of your leaders. 
uh, to provide the example. And so obviously AP being what, a seven or eight year veteran? Yeah, um, yeah, so that's what you're expecting from players like that. I get the sense this is a player the Lynx are going to have to lean on pretty heavily this season if they are going to compete for a top eight spot. That said, um, it said top eight means making the playoffs in the 12-team WNBA. Now, that said, I don't know if that's the expectation, at least externally right now. I'd, I'd ask Cheryl Reeve about that as well. Here were her thoughts kind of on external versus internal expectations. It matters to me as much as it mattered when they said we were first. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't find the experts to be all that expertly. Uh, so I don't really care on the outside. What I will say is um, it, I, I'm, I'm not naive as to uh, the team we had over past years. Uh, I'm motivated for this team to be the best version of themselves they can be. If that defies expectations on the outside, great. But that's not our motivation. Our motivation is ourselves. To don't compare us to last teams. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this team. And we're all motivated by how, how do we become the best team we possibly can be. And if that surprises people, then so be it. Now, final thought on that. I don't think this is be this. This would not be a terrible season to be in the bottom four again. The Lynx wound up in the lottery a year ago, breaking a long streak of making the playoffs. They'd made it every year from 2011 through 2021. That is 11 seasons. Missed it last year. Wound up in the lottery. Moved up in the lottery to the number two spot where they took Diamond Miller. One of those kind of rebuilding pieces. Already have Nafisa Collier. Uh, she figures to be a big, big, big part of this year's team as well. They need to add some more of those pieces. That's kind of how the dynasty dynasty started in the 2010s, right? They got some pieces. They had acquired Lindsey Whalen already. They already had Simone Augustus. They got Rebecca Brunson. Then, boom, they draft Maya Moore. They win the lottery, and they are off to the races. Next year's WNBA draft could have... Uh, could have Caitlin Clark, could have Paige Beckers in it. That would be quite a, a one-two at the top of the draft. If you hold one of those two tickets <clears throat> in 2024 and can get your point guard, get your guard of the future, that could set you up for the next five to ten years. So not saying they should tank, not saying that's what they're doing. What I am saying is wouldn't be the worst year in the world to miss the playoffs for a second straight year finish off this kind of rebuild, this reconfiguration, figure out who on this roster you want to build around, and go from there. Time to check my social media, y'all. To see who loves me online. Hashtag blessed life. Always look for an excuse to play that sounder, but also was reminded when I saw the Twins result last night of a, a tweet I got yesterday afternoon from uh, from Matt Svensson saying, this pitching matchup seems to favor the Twins. This would be a tough loss, question mark. He was pointing out that the White Sox starter, Michael Kopech, uh, entered last night's game 0-3 with a 7.01 ERA, while twin starter Joe Ryan entered the game with a 5-0 record and a 2.81 ERA. In fact, Ryan pitched great, but the Twins did not get much offense. They lose 3-2 in 10 innings to the White Sox. Yeah, I'd say that's a bad loss. You've got one of your top three starters going against a guy who hasn't won all season. The White Sox have been bad this year. It's still early. I think the White Sox are better than what their record is showing right now. But still, that's a game you want to have. You don't want to start a slide here. You don't want to give the White Sox any kind of hope or momentum or thoughts that, hey, this bad month of April could turn into a better month of May and turn this thing into a race, into a three-team race potentially. 
because I think Cleveland is still going to be decent instead of just maybe a two-team race with with Minnesota and Cleveland. You don't want the White Sox getting any ideas about turning this thing around. So yeah, that's a bad loss. One out of 162, you never overreact really to one loss in baseball. But yes, when you have an undefeated pitcher going against a winless pitcher, that qualifies as a bad loss. Twins, like I said, not, uh, not able to get much offense. That's usually the story when they struggle this season. They did rally to tie it. Nick Gordon home run in the eighth inning got them tied at two, but they lose in the tenth. They will try it again today. Let's finish with the cooler. A couple of playoff things that caught my eye. Number one, man, I guess Jake Ottinger is solvable. Um, the Wild couldn't do it much in their first round series, but the Seattle Kraken get five past the Lakeville goalie. Dallas Stars goalie, they win 5-4 despite four goals by Joe Pavelski, a guy the Wild didn't have to face much in the series. So Seattle not only overcomes the return of, of Joe Pavelski, who was knocked out early in Game 1 by a hit from Matt Dumba, but they get five on Jake Ottinger. Huh, I guess it is possible to do it. Will wonders never cease? I know, I'm being a little sarcastic here. This is hockey. This is the volatility of hockey I've spoken about on the show before. But it, it, this seems to happen a lot when the Wild loses to an opponent in the first round of the playoffs. Then all of a sudden that opponent gets you know gets run a little bit in the next round. And a lot of times it has to do with the goalie that they couldn't get a puck by. All of a sudden is human again. That happened in game one. The Kraken taking a one nothing lead with a 5-4 overtime win. And the Lakers, my goodness, beating Golden State. 117-112 in the opening game of that series. That should be a fantastic series. These NBA playoffs, I'm telling you, they are as wide open as I've seen. I believe what we saw was all all one through eight. All all those seeds got through in some form in one in one of the conferences or the other. I don't think that's ever happened in the league. This thing is as wide open as possible. Makes you wonder, you know, what might have happened if the Wolves had had the kind of season we thought they would have. That's hindsight, though. We'll try to enjoy the foresight of how good these playoffs are and what is yet to come. But that Lakers, that Lakers, uh. Warriors game was tremendous. Not loving watching all these former Wolves running around helping the Lakers maybe get to another round of the playoffs, but that has been the life for a Timberwolves fan for quite some time. That will do it for me today. Good stuff coming up the rest of the week. Thinking Adam Thielen is going to be on Thursday's show. Expecting to talk to him sometime later today. Former Vikings wide receiver, now with Carolina. And there'll be some Minnesota United talk with John Marthaler later this week, probably on Friday's show as well. So look forward to those things as well as some big Kevin Garnett thoughts on the Timberwolves on a later show as well. That is it for me. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Rand. Back at it again tomorrow.